0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the show where we talk to the people behind the productivity. I'm excited to share with you a conversation that I had with my friend, Chris Ducker. Chris has been on the show before. Last time he came on, we talked all about his book, Virtual Freedom, how to work with virtual staff to buy more time, become more productive, and build your dream business. And in that conversation, we talked about that book, but also how he built his businesses, how he got started, but also how he kind of suffered from burnout and then put in place steps to overcome that and move forward and avoid it in the future. This time, he comes back and he actually talks a little bit about some of the almost burnout that then happened with that book in the writing process of it and how he avoided that this time, writing his new book, Rise of the upreneur We talk about how that writing process was different. We talk about how his life has changed since that last book, how his priorities are his family and taking care of his physical self and, and his really his whole self, to be there for them as well as to do his best work possible and how he places a priority on relationships. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. I also know that, honestly, the Rise of the Youpreneur book is a blueprint for anybody looking to get started or take their current online business to another level. It really is like a step-by-step process for that. I really think you'll enjoy the conversation. So let's just get right into it and enjoy this conversation with Chris Ducker. This week, it is my privilege to welcome back to the show, long overdue, Chris Ducker. Chris, welcome back.
1: Thank you for having me back. It's a real pleasure, man. And I mean, the question I've got to ask is, what took you so long?
0: <laughs> well, you know what? I think <laughs> probably it was the fact that I knew you were so busy and I was so ah, busy nice. And okay. I knew that ultimately you were working on something. And as soon as I knew you were working on your new book, I said to mm. myself, I got to have you on. So then luckily, somebody from your team reached out to me ahead of that. Yeah. So I was like, well, sweet. Here we go. So, yeah,
1: you know, well, I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely, you know, with all joking on one side, very, very happy to be back. I always have a great time talking with you.
0: I can tell you right now that like as as much as your original book. Uh, did so well on Amazon and got rave reviews and and was massively adopted. That episode that we did, I don't know how many years ago that was, has been one of the most referenced or most like, hey, do you have anything on virtual, you know, assistants and all that kind of stuff? And I point people and other people point people to it all the time. So uh, That's great. I'll make sure to link that up in the show notes for this in case people don't know about that book or that episode. I don't know how you couldn't, but then again, you know, there's somebody born every day that doesn't know something, so, you know. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So, but you are one of like I was talking pre-recording. You're one of the rare exceptions where if somebody reaches out reaches out to me like so many podcasters have happened to them these days, "Hey, I've got a great guest for your show. They can talk to you all about this about business and this about business." And I'm like, "I do a productivity show. I it's not an entrepreneur interview show." Now it does it is an entrepreneur you know show in terms of like entrepreneurs need productivity and we'll get into that, but like you're the exception. Like you're the person where I knew I wanted you on immediately, no matter what. <laughs> and so, and we're going to have you back on again at some point, like regardless of having yes. a new project, we will just, we'll just make that happen. So
1: we'll just do it.
0: Yeah. 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 So you have a brand new book out that you said to me is kind of like your defining piece of work at this point. Like this is kind of a legacy piece for you, which makes me excited to see people adopt this. The word youpreneur is a, a spin or a modification of the word entrepreneur, which a lot of people are throwing around these days more so than ever. What does yep. the word entrepreneur, first off, mean to you? And then we'll get into why the modification.
1: I like to keep things really simple in the way that I run and grow my businesses. And that, that ultimately begins with me as as. The big dog, right, as the owner of the business. Um, and I mean, we're we're at now, what, 460 employees, three different businesses under one umbrella. And I still look at myself as an entrepreneur in exactly the same way as I did when I started as an entrepreneur 14 years ago. And that is, I'm just a problem solver. That's it. I don't have any delusions of grandeur <laughs> about that at all. Um, I I truly believe that if I can solve a problem for a group of people in a industry, and if I prevent you know, if I if I present that solution to that problem in the right way, I'm blessed to not only be the one that solves the problem for them, but I also get to put a price tag on it. And that's gold. And so th- that's what I believe entrepreneurs are at the very core. They're problem solvers. What is a Upreneur, and why is there a, a change on the word? Um, well, a Upreneur is still somebody that solves problems, but a Upreneur does it right bang smack, you know, center stage of their business. They're a personal brand entrepreneur. They're building a business based around them, their personality, their experience what they want to be known for, and the people they want to serve. So it's people like podcasters, bloggers, content creators, period, authors, speakers, coaches, consultants, anyone focusing on their experience and changing the lives of the people they come into contact with.
0: Very cool. So I wanted to look up the word entrepreneur and kind of its origins and kind of found that from – a mishmash of like French and English, it basically means somebody who undertakes something. And the English part of that is the word enterprise. And I couldn't help but think, Ooh, Star Trek to like boldly go, you know what I mean? So to boldly like step into undertaking a business, but a personal brand business is youpreneur. And that's kind of what, so that's, that's my like context for it. When I hear that word now, I
1: like that. I like that. (laughs)
0: So anything, anything anything that has
1: anything to do with beaming up into space is is always a good thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, (laughs) and even just that idea of like boldly going, it's like that exploration. It's like, where does this story go for me and in effect my community? Right.
1: And that's, you know, that's why I'm not bored. You know, I've been building and growing and acquiring and selling businesses for well over a decade now. I'm not bored. And I can tell you right now with Youpreneur, you know, we I coined the phrase in 2014. We launched the Youpreneur online community, which is ultimately a membership site full of personal brand entrepreneurs in September 2015. So it took me a good year to kind of figure out what I was going to do with the term and the people that I wanted to serve with it. And here I am now, you know, two and a a half years or whatever it is, almost into it, I can wholeheartedly say that I've never been happier as an entrepreneur myself as I am today, working on this type of content, solving these kind of problems for these type of people. It is, I genuinely feel like this is my calling as a business guy. This is what I was meant to do in the business world is to help all these incredible people like you know we have a de- we have a, a a dentist who has um you know clinics in Jamaica who is now helping tens of thousands of other dentists around the world build their practices in a more productive, more Kind of business savvy way. They're not stuck in the dark ages anymore. We've got life coaches. We've got uh, you know professional cyclists. We've got fitness trainers. We've it's all these incredible industries and niches, or sorry niches. I know a lot of your audience (laughs) are going to be from America. I mean, all these incredible industries that are being served by the people that I'm blessed to work with on a daily basis. It's just incredible. I'm, I'm a very, very happy entrepreneur at this time in my life.
0: Now, I know that at some point in the past, you started to see exponential growth in your business because you say you stopped following the old rules of business. What mm-hmm. were those old rules?
1: The old rules kind of meant that I should be behind in the shadows as an entrepreneur. Uh, the old rules were that I should do everything myself and not delegate. The old rules were stuffy and boring and just generally quite crap in general. They they didn't mean that I could delegate all the stuff that I didn't like doing. I needed to do that myself. Uh, they didn't mean that I could, uh, you know, get up on stage and talk about my business ideas and and how i can help people um you know the idea of of getting you know on youtube and and recording podcasts were were not anything that were was ever even talked about i mean i was running my businesses for 6 years and building them quite well into a seven figure revenue on an annual basis following those old stuffy boring rules but you know what i was so darn bored every day because what i really wanted to do was get on talk with folks like you on a podcast what i really wanted to do was stand in front of the you in front of a video camera and stick something up on youtube but the kind of the old rules dictated particularly as we're in a b2b world as well that dictated that that was not a good idea at all and it took me burning out you know the burnout story you know it it took me burning out in 2009 to figure you know what holy Crap! I spent half my life working. If I'm not happy for half of my work, uh, half of my life, there's something broken there. I've got to fix that. And that was when the realization turned. Around. I said, "Well, I'm going to de- delegate everything. I'm going to work on the business, not in it. I'm going to become the most productive guy that I know." Because I'm only going to do the stuff that I enjoy doing and everything else I'm going to kick off to other people to do for me. What do you think happened? I got happier, but we also 4X'd the business in two years because I wasn't that micromanaging type A pain in the butt entrepreneur bots that had to be involved with everything.
0: See, and that's where you fit perfectly in this show because- it's not just about getting things done. It's about knowing what are the right things to do. It's an, it's about taking care of yourself. It's about not burning out. We talked about that a bunch on the last time you were on. Not to mm-hmm. mention the fact that just the idea that approaching your work from a place of enjoyment is a huge revelation for people. And you've got that. I live it every day. I'm lucky. Yeah. Do, but do- I,
1: but, but I, but I haven't. You know, I'm, I'm also quite I'm, I'm I'm also quite happy to blow my own trumpet here. And, and that is that it hasn't fallen in my lap. Eric, you know that. I mean, I've chased it down, man, like a freaking lion going after, you know, their prey. I mean, I've chased it down hardcore over the years. Um, and the way I look at it now is that I'm in a position in my life where I can say no to pretty much everything everything that i don't want to be involved with and it ain't gonna hurt me and i like that feeling.
0: yeah Yeah. i I love that i want to get into a little bit more of that that burnout (laughs) avoidance and thing you know things that you took steps to start doing self-care and actually spending time more with family and to to the point now where you've even got a congratulations a new baby daughter you know yeah so yeah number four number four
1: This this is it, man. The baby factory is closed. I'm I'm done. This is, <laughs> <laughs> the last the last one was was nine years ago. So it was a nine year gap oh, here. Wow. Let me tell you, there's a lot more. I mean, it, it's a it's a big difference being a new dad at 44 compared to 35. And I'll leave I'll I'll leave the rest to all of the gentlemen's imagination here they're tuning in even the ladies they can understand what it's like as well but but you know i wouldn't have any other way and she she's gorgeous cassandra is a name she's beautiful she's three months old now um, and, uh, you know, she's got the little, she's got the duck a glint in her eye when she smiles and, oh man, she's going to be a heartbreaker. No doubt about it. Yeah. She's breaking my bloody heart already. So, you know, <laughs> she's already, she's already got me wrapped around her finger already.
0: <laughs> yeah. See, and, and here's the thing that I think not a lot of people will maybe understand, but I think you will, is there's a world of difference between you love all your kids, but your older kids knew you when you were in that Constant hustle, burnout mode, and this yeah. new one will honestly never have to really experience that because you're going to be around much more. Exactly,
1: and I actually, you know, I had a conversation just on the weekend actually with my with my son Charlie, the nine year old, and uh, it, I, I can't remember exactly what happened. It was I couldn't I couldn't put him to bed. Something was going on. I think maybe with his little sister or something, and I couldn't put him to bed. And I usually am I I'm the one that you normally puts him to bed. Do a little bedtime story thing with him, or something, or maybe we'll just goof around for ten minutes, whatever it is. And I couldn't put him to bed, and he kind of got in a bit of a strop about it. You know what kids are like. And and I turned around and I said to him, "You know what? When I was your age, not only did my dad not put me to bed hardly ever, but I didn't even see him when I woke up in the morning because he'd already left for the office." So don't start pulling an attitude just because I can't put you to bed for one night. And, you know, he was, okay, I'm sorry, blah, 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 blah. But here's the thing, you know, I work from home. I haven't worked a Friday, bar maybe the odd launch or the odd speaking gig or something like that, for close to four years now. So I only have a four-day week. And I only work from eight in the morning to just before 4 p.m., so there's not that you know i mean they're they're good solid work days at monday to thursday but at 4 p.m or just before 4 p.m i shut down and i'm done for the day because i want to be i work on the third floor of the house here i want to be down in the living room hanging out when charlie comes back from school um and you know the older kids are the older kids i mean they're 22 and 19 so they don't even live here so it's like I want him to see – I want him to see that his dad has got his stuff together to the point where he can spend a lot of time with him. Um, And, you know, kids will take it for granted every now and then at the end of the day. But I don't, and I know that it's through the decisions that I've made – um, from a day-to-day scheduling and productivity perspective, from understanding the power of my team to understanding the importance of exercising in the morning, I hate exercising. I'm very vocal about it. I don't wake up in the morning and say, oh, I can't wait to get on that cross trainer. Let's rock it out, Chris. I bloody hate it, Eric. I hate it. I hate the yoga mat. I don't like stretching or sweating. But here's the thing. I do it six days a week. Sunday's my only day. I have a lay-in on a Sunday. It's the only day where I just don't do anything at all to move my body. And I do it for one reason, one reason only. It's because I know it's bloody good for me. And it's going to make sure that I'm around longer for my kids. That's what it comes down to. But I despise exercising. I really, truly do. Maybe I'll write a, a a book about it one day about how much <laughs> I hate exercising. I don't know. But oh, it's true. It, yeah. I, I'm not a fan, but I do it because I know it's good for me. Just like I eat my broccoli and my cauliflower every day as well, you know?
0: I do it too. I I, I keep, hope. you know, there are occasions where doing enough of it, like the eating of the broccoli, where hey, this is pretty good right now. You know, you have those right, moments, sure. you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, It sounds to me like your perspective, whether you're talking about your businesses or you're talking about you yourself, or you're talking about your relationships, your your family, your kids, your wife, et cetera, that you've changed one of the one of the old rules was basically your life or your business was based around a service or product. And now you're you you I don't know if you've used that word yet, but here you go. Trademark. I'll hand it over. Um A business-based – you've moved over to being a youpreneur where your business is based on relationships. And so whether that's a relationship with a community member or a client or a customer or a relationship with a wife, a daughter, a friend, colleague, whatever, that relationships are priority.
1: Mm, Absolutely. Uh, One of the things I talk about in the book on this is uh, the fact that relationships have to be treasured, not used. Uh, And and the big thing for me in the online business space specifically is that I see these relationships just getting used left, right and center. Mm -hmm. It drives me mad. I mean, you talked about the fact that people reaching out to you, trying to get on the show. They've never listened to your show. Hey, I you know, this is this is the one that makes me laugh. You know, really enjoyed your last episode. Perfect title, copy and paste. (laughs) Uh, now I would like to talk to you about something you've got no interest in, you know, it's that kind of stuff drives me absolutely mad. Um, and you know, even worse is, oh, we would love to invite you to share your knowledge for free at our virtual summit, but only if you've got an email list of 10,000 people or more. I mean, come on, really? Does it even work? It must, cause it's still happening. Right. So it kind of, it, it kind of concerns me that were going down this road. I'm an old school guy. As you well know, I'm, I create and, and and grow my relationships through handshakes and hugs and high fives. I'm all about the H's, right? And uh, I love that. And, I, and, and anybody that knows me knows very clearly that I'm a very authentic guy. Uh, if you do something to upset me, I'll let you know. If you do something that impresses me, I'll equally let you know. And so what you see is what you get. And I realized when I sat down and I started doing initial prep work for the book, and and by the way, the way that I wrote this book was completely different than Virtual Freedom. And from a productivity perspective, we
0: need to touch on that. We do need to touch on that. Yeah, I've got that marked down here.
1: So when I sat down and I started doing initial prep work for the book, I realized, looking back as my personal brand developed over the years, I realized that, you know what, people, Even in my big corporate businesses, people ended up doing business with me first, way before they ever did business with my companies. And the reason was because of the trust and the rapport and the relationship that I had worked hard up to that point, regardless of whether it was a few months in terms of a sales process or whether it was a longer relationship, whatever it was. People did business with me first. And you know, 2012 13, I started writing and talking about P2P quite a bit or people to people. Um, and that stuck with me. It's in Rise of the Upreneur, It was in Virtual Freedom. It's in me every day to build those P2P relationships. And I think that, you know, as I've continued to grow the business, particularly the Upreneur brand, it's become more and more apparent and more important to me that relationships are key for, for growth across any sector. It doesn't matter what you're doing.
0: Or, at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's something that works so well it basically feels like magic? For me, I'm thinking air conditioning, noise canceling headphones, definitely, meeting free Fridays. What about selling with Shopify? checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash beyond. Again, go to shopify.com slash beyond now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash beyond. You hit the nail on the head there when you're talking about trust, and I know you're all about this because being, again, being a youpreneur means building a personal brand, which really is just another terminology for the word we've used all along, which is your reputation.
1: Yes, absolutely. Your your brand is your reputation. Your reputation becomes obviously what you are known for, and that becomes your business. You know, it's like, you know, how do you want people to talk about you when you're not at that dinner meeting or when you're not at that conference or, when, you know, when you're not in San Diego, a social media marketing world? Do you want people talking? nicely about you to, oh man I wish chris was here it's such a bummer that you couldn't make it this year or do you want them talking smack about you how the conference is actually better cuz you're not around you know what <laughs> i mean like you know these these are the things genuinely like you know we can joke about it a little bit but that's your reputation your reputation is your brand your brand becomes your business ultimately what you're known for and how you are known by other people around you and so um one of the reasons why just with me personally, what you see is what you get. I know, I just know that if I'm me all the time, no matter what I'm doing, I'll, I'll never get to the point where my reputation is going to be hurt because you, I'll never, I'll never upset you. I mean, I might say something that you don't agree with. I might not be your kind of vibe, but that's fine because you can just go and find what you're looking for elsewhere. And that's that's the power of being a personal brand entrepreneur and understanding that through the model of building, marketing, monetizing that business over time and creating what I call that Upner ecosystem of all these different, you know, income streams through you know, speaking and and content and workshops and live events and books and online courses and all these things, if it's you at the very core of it all the time, no matter what industry you're in, no matter how competitive it is, the business of you is 100% original. And that's something that you should keep a hold of.
0: I know that all of that maintaining to to one, earn, then maintain that trust is going to take intentionality. But it's also going to take intentionality towards integrity because like you've said in the book, I love this because when you're talking about relate, uh, not relationships, uh, reputation, which are, you know, intertwined, duh. But yeah. that when it comes to that <laughs> reputation, who you are, even if, if you're faking it, you'll, you're going to be found out. So why not start down the right path now of integrity and when it comes to all these different things, you know, like, like you now have done where you've set it up. I'm not saying you didn't have integrity before. What I'm saying is it's it kind of sounds like I said that. That's not what I mean. <laughs> what I mean is is Chris Ducker is known to be a hard worker, but also he's known through and through to be a family man. He's also known to um be friendly, be, you know, be that handshake, hug and high five guy and you would be none of that if you weren't intentional about it. That's what I'm trying
1: to mm-hmm. say. For sure, yeah. So, And, you know, one of of the easiest ways to become intentional about something like that is to talk about it and to tell people why you're intentional in in that way. For me, I'm like that because I truly treasure my relationships. I truly treasure my relationships. And, you know, a mutual friend of ours, Lewis Howes, I remember sitting with Lewis on his balcony in – West Hollywood, probably five or six years ago now, and we had, you know, we'd hung out a little bit here and there, but it was the first time that we were really having some, you know, some real one-on-one time with each other. And we were sitting out, and we, we were drinking a juice or whatever. And and I remember asking him, "You could live anywhere in the world. You're making all this money. You could live anywhere in the world." You're in, I mean, you're literally a stone's throw away from Beverly Hills. It's got to be the highest tax ban in the whole of the country. You know, why live here? Why not just like live somewhere else? And he said to me, integrity or authenticity beaming out of him, he said to me, because this is where I want to be. It's okay. I'll just make more money. (laughs) And I've never forgotten that. I've never forgotten that. And I knew exactly the kind of guy that he was right there and then. Fast forward five, six years now, he did the foreword for Rise of the Youpreneur. Mm-hmm. So when I think of the personal brand entrepreneur, he is the personal brand entrepreneur personified with what he does with the school of greatness. I mean, he's bang smack in the middle of all of it, and he's, he's affecting huge change for lots of people
0: then part of being in a position of being an entrepreneur or being a youpreneur is the fact that because of your brand being your reputation and we need more people like that we need more people to show us this way like you're doing of how to do this right you know and it's that transparency and authenticity with integrity that then points the way forward in terms of how to do it but but not only that but like Uh, And I think of I think of you in terms of and even Michael Hyatt, as we were talking about earlier, mutual friend there, too, where he very clearly blocks out his weekends, just like you do with your Fridays, you know, and it's taking those those intentionality steps towards recharging and leisure and family and friends and the important relationships, even hobbies, you know, and it's it's that time off of work so that the time spent on work but also the time spent on life, for that matter. Uh, not that those are separate, but that, though, that it's not all about work. It's not all about just the business. You know what I mean?
1: Absolutely. And I mean, you know, this is why when I'm at work, I'm at work. You know, one of, one of the things I say all the time is if it doesn't get scheduled, it doesn't get done. On my schedule each day, everything is in there. Blocks of time. Everything is in there. 15 minutes for social media. Boom. On the schedule. Forty-five minutes of email, boom, on the schedule at one p.m. each day. I check my email. I don't check it in the morning. Mm. I do all my creative work in the morning first. So you know, exercise, yuck, on the <laughs> bloody schedule, though, right? It's on the schedule. Um, you know, everything goes on the schedule, and and it's that it's that very intense kind of focus on on getting everything ticked off each day that has enabled me to not only build my personal brand but also my businesses and my relationships in a very um focused and very fast manner in some cases you know
0: i think the thing for me that really strikes home is a lot of people listen to this show to try and get like quick hits or shortcuts or you know how can i how can i shortcut past some of the the lessons or um and I'm not saying like people need to like avoid every single mistake possible. In fact, that's where some of the, the best stuff comes from. We all know this, but, oh, yeah. uh, I got to ask. So let's go there. Like in the writing of this book, you're so busy. How did you get the writing of this book scheduled on your calendar? Yeah.
1: Well, you know, it's funny. So I've just literally a few days ago, my buddy, Pat Flynn, uh, who I know, you know, very well as well. He, uh, we we recorded a podcast episode for the book mm-hmm. uh for SPI uh, a couple of weeks back and then he was asking me for like a front cover shot of the book because he wants to put it you know on the on the page, the show note page and everything. And when I sent it through to him, he's already got the book, by the way, right? He's, he's got it. Okay. So I should say we soft launched this thing and we'll reverse engineer the story back for the sake of answering your question. But we soft launched the book with 400 copies of the book in November in London at the inaugural Upiner Summit. So it went right down to the wire. They literally arrived the day before the event. I didn't know whether we were going to have them or not. Didn't charge for it. I just gave a copy to everybody in attendance as a surprise. So Pat's got the damn good. He's got it. He's, it's at home. It's his thing. But he texts me a few days ago and he's like, I still can't believe you got this thing out so quickly. I just, I'm amazed that you got this done so quickly and this is how i did it do you want to know how i did it i do want to you. know
0: inquiring right, minds okay. want to know
1: so this is this is what 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 i can i got to take you back 4 years to be able to put real context to the story here virtual freedom was written in the majority of 2013 now virtual freedom was a traditionally published book i signed the deal In December 2012, I started writing the book in February 2013 because that's what new authors do. They're that excited that they don't write a single word for two months. Um, And then I I think I had like a July deadline, which ended up getting pushed to August, and it was done like September, something like that. So it it was a long year of writing, and I sat and typed out every single word for that book. It almost put me into burnout again, very seriously, from a physical and mental bandwidth perspective. Um, Actually, to do the final round of edits, I checked into a resort here in the Philippines on my own. My wife was like, actually, I didn't do it. She she made the reservation for me because I couldn't get my head into the game at home. She checked me in. And the morning I arrived at the hotel, I got this crazy rash all over my neck. I was like, what is this? So, um, you know, with the corporation that we have here, we actually have a corporate doctor that's kind of on call for the executives. So he comes to the resort, right? And he looks at me and he's like, this is shingles. This doesn't happen to a guy like who's 40 or 39, 40. Like this is something that happens to older people when their immune systems drop really low, usually in the winter, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to have to give you antibiotics and, you know, a cream to get rid of it. I was like, what? So my immune system was clearly taking a battering through this writing and editing process. My wife starts, because she's a yogi, she's a yoga teacher, and she's kind of green juice and namaste and all that kind of stuff. So she starts sending bottles of green juice to the hotel. (laughs) that she's been preparing for me. I do the edits. I don't get any sicker. Thank God. The rash goes away and the book comes out and does very, very, very well. But I promised myself that if I was going to write another book that I wouldn't go anywhere close to doing what I did with Virtual Freedom. So this time around, I did something I've heard a few other people do with relative success and I found an editor to work with. That editor interviewed me right at the beginning of the project. Once I'd kind of worked out what the chapter run was going to look like, we knew that there was going to be three main sections of the book focusing on building, marketing, and monetization. And He actually interviewed me, I think, for probably around 12 or 13 hours in total over the course of about a month. Then we had those conversations transcribed And I'm thinking to myself, this is great. Like, I'm not writing anything. We're just going to get transcriptions back, clean them up a little bit. Boom, you got yourself a manuscript. Didn't quite work out that easy, unfortunately, uh, because the way you talk is quite conversational, particularly when you're having an interview. And so we had to do a lot of cleaning up and a lot of prep. There was a lot of images and diagrams and charts and things like that that we needed to prepare for the book. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of visually explaining things as well as verbally. And so, um, you know, it, it it got it got done and it got done, you know, from literally January to July. Like it took me like probably six months or so to write the book. But I can honestly say to you that actual time spent tapping away at a keyboard was probably a third of what I spent on virtual freedom because of this process. Um, It wasn't cheap. Truth be told, I did have to pay for it like you do with any professional service. But I'm very happy that I did it. Um, it enabled me also to really get lots of more stories out of my head because I was being interviewed and he was probing and he was very good at what he did. I was telling all these stories about visiting Disneyland and Krispy Kreme and Star Wars and all this sort of stuff. And I was like, I would never have written any of these stories up in a how to business manual, right? If I'd have just been tapping away on a keyboard, it just wouldn't have come to me. So it turned out much, much better than what it would have done if I'd have done it on my own. We rushed it to design, worked with a fantastic company based over in Canada on the, the internal and the covers, and we were able to get it out and done for November. So that's the story.
0: That's awesome. I, I love hearing that story because it seems like, one, you learned your lesson first and foremost <laughs> oh yes <laughs> <laughs> i love that your wife was the one that checked you into the resort by the way she's like nope oh. i know what you need this and yeah yeah um yeah. Yeah. but the other cool piece is that you really kind of followed what is really a best practice when it comes to uh writing in some of the writing books that i've read which is get that crappy first draft out of your head and yeah. You found a really cool, you know, fun way to do it, especially because, you know, podcasters love to just talk. I mean, sure. <laughs> how much fun is it to just, you know, have somebody ask you and you, you end up coming up with these stories, even if yeah. what they en- end up originally collecting from you is in that more conversational tone. Better to end up there or start from there and then kind of format it and process it and fine tune it into book form or whatever that is, you know so that it's much more yeah. approachable. So kudos. and and
1: so much more so much more digestible as well. And I think, you know, particularly, you know, the sec- the sections of the book that I'm most proud of, number one, the entire monetization section in my mind is gold, quite fr- quite frankly, because I schedule, you know, I I I I genuinely actually struggled with monetization online when I first started getting serious about it myself as an online entrepreneur. I, you know, I'd been in the brick and mortar world for so long. I felt it was kind of weird, Um, not imposter syndrome. I've never had lack of confidence or anything like that in my abilities, but it was just like, you know, who's going to buy my course? You know what I mean? Like there was all this different stuff that I struggled with that I was able to get it out and, and work through it. And so, you know, everything from pricing strategies to launch strategies. I, I, I put my entire launch calendar in this book. For when I launched the Upreneur community, um, the whole thing, like literally day by day, so that people can see exactly what I did and how I did it and why it was so successful. Um, I talk through, you know, everything from, you know, building your, your email properly and the difference between, you know, quick wins for opt-ins and then the long game approach of an autoresponder and all these, to you know, to gain trust and everything. And I just, when I look at that section of the book. I mean, I could have just released that section, uh, but it would have only have been furnishing and taking care of people who were ready to monetize. Uh, And I know through the work that I do from a content creator and marketing perspective that there are beginners and intermediates coming through the door every single hour of the day. And so I've got to, I've got to serve them as well. But I think, uh, yeah, like you said at the top of the show, Eric, you know, I do, I kind of feel. That I don't want to talk too early here, but I kind of feel like this could be my last kind of real business how-to book. Um, I definitely feel like I've got another two or three books in me. I don't know what they're going to be quite yet, but I do feel like I've got more that I want to share and and more to be able to help people kind of get off their butts and and get stuff done. But I do feel like this is probably going to be the last how-to Manual cover to cover kind of thing. This this is it. This is kind of everything. I've kind of I've slammed it all out there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I know that uh, you know. Necess- not necessarily is the comprehensive and again incredibly approachable how to ness of the book necessarily something that we dive into on this show per se. But mm-hmm. it is something that a lot of the listeners of this show need. And so I know a lot of people are going to be excited about this. I have to say that, uh, when I was looking through it and then reading through it, that it just kept jumping out that like, this is the blueprint. This is the blueprint. This is how right. you, like, this is how you go through this. And, and, and I even went back and I was looking at some of the, uh, the endorsements you had, which are really cool. And, and again, Michael Hyatt stuck out to me. He was like, in six years, I built an eight figure personal brand business, which to me, then I was like, number checking the time on that. And I'm like, so he was doing blogging for a long time before he actually flipped the switch and decided to become a personal brand, which was an insight that I had. Like that was a flash of insight right there. That was huge. Right. Oh, so we could, there's a lot. So I know there's one, I know there's a lot of people out there who are working towards something and haven't officially declared. They are a youpreneur number mm-hmm. one number two mm-hmm. and then the other funny thing he says is um uh i if i had read this book i would have got it done in half the time and that's exactly yeah. what i was like you know what like i w- i'm gonna actually i personally i me eric fisher i'm going to start using this blueprint myself too so i want everybody I to get it. their hands on it and i can't wait to see what you do next but i think this is something that's going to help a lot of people so i want to get in into everybody's hands so um any special like bonuses, this this is gonna drop like literally people are listening to us. It it's dropped right before the day the book comes out officially. So some people will get it and be like, Oh, pre order. Some people will listen to it a couple days later and it's it's available. I wanna make sure that if like you've got bonuses or any of that kind of stuff launch wise, sure. we we spell that out. So
1: Oh, yeah. No, for sure. So the official launch date for the book is February 20. But realistically, because it is an independently published book, uh, I can control kind of when it goes up on Amazon. I'm not sort of dictated to on that. So it'll be up on Amazon probably a day or two before then, realistically, because we've got to test it and make sure it's working all right. So um I don't, I don't think anybody will hit a pre-order deal. I think they'll be able to cool. order it straight away, no matter when they visit. Um, and we are going to be doing – we're offering up to $700 worth of bonuses, actually, through launch to March 6th. So that first two weeks of the book's kind of public life. Uh, and people can grab them by just going to youpreneur.com forward slash book. Or if you want to, you know, if you're really, really fast with the typing and you want to type the entire URL and you can go to riseofthewpreneur.com. But uh, either way, one of those uh, URLs get you to the same website. And uh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of video training and additional discounts and a whole lot of other stuff in there. But you got to order it before March 6th. It's only a launch bonus type of deal.
0: Perfect. So uh, it's out now. If you're If you're hearing this, it is out. Go get it. It is out. Yes. And Chris, <laughs> it's been awesome talking with you again. Can't wait to see you in a few weeks, right around the time the book launches. So I'm yeah, going to give you a handshake, a hug, and a high five. And It's right. uh, good. It's going to be nice. So I'm looking forward to it. Awesome, man. I'll see you soon. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. So I hope you enjoyed listening in on this conversation that I had with Chris as much as I had having that conversation with Chris. I'm actually really looking forward to seeing Chris in about a week in sunny San Diego for Social Media Marketing World. If you're interested in grabbing Rise of the or Chris's new book, you can easily find the link to go grab that at the show notes for this episode by going to beyondthetodolist.com slash 213. While you're there, if while listening to this episode, you thought of somebody that should hear this conversation, this podcast, hit the share button, share it with someone specific. I don't care about you mass shooting it across the web, but what's best is just picture one person who needs to hear this conversation and share it with that person. Would you do me that favor? Thanks again for listening to this episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I enjoyed making it for you. Thanks again, and I'll see you next episode.